Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Ashley Hollis. We are going through right now eight wonders. So that is the eight principles that we can put into our lives, eight cultures of change as we gear up, but eight principles that we can put into our everyday lives that would just help us to live a little bit better, to live our calling a little bit greater. And so the first week, Elijah talked about the wonder of growth. He talked about self-growth and how we have to grow before we ever are going to do anything for anyone else. And so we talked about devotions. We talked about how to strengthen your devotion time. How many of you know you don't come in here on Sunday morning, eat breakfast, and then go until next Sunday morning? I don't know about you, but I would be massively hangry. I love to eat. Same thing for devotions. And that's what we believe. We are strengthening ourselves. That was the first week. Second week was the wonder of inviting, which was so powerful, blew my mind. I know he's my husband, but it was so wisdom-filled. He talked about moving from inviting to bringing, and he talked about the difference between inviting and bringing. There's this passion gap that we have to cross, and so you can invite somebody all day long, but when you are passionate about what's going to change their life, you become a bringer. You say, I have to get you to the life-changing experience, the life-changing power of God that I experienced in my own life. And so he talked about how as change, we are going to invite meeting needs. And we believe that invitations are tied to meeting needs. We talked about Maslow's Triangle, and it was so powerful. And today, I get to talk about the wonder of hospitality. I just, I love this. This made me so excited when Elijah was like, Ash, will you talk about hospitality? I was like, oh my word, yes, because let me just um, let you into my life a little bit. I love people. Like, if I could spend morning, noon, and night with people, I would. I would just have people in my house all the time. I would be out to eat with people all the time. I would just sit in my kitchen and cook all day, every day for people. I love to do that. I love to have coffee with people. So I think hospitality is just something that I just personally love. I also think, um, for those of you who may not know, I grew up in Kansas City. So that was the epitome of Midwest hospitality. So I grew up where my friends and I, we just had each other's garage codes, and we would just go to each other's houses all the time, and my mom would just have food ready all the time. Let me tell you, my mom was the epitome of hospitality, okay? So I was a teenager that we had a pool, and so my friends loved to hang out at our house. And so I would call my mom 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night and be like, hey, mom, my friends all want to come over. We just finished the basketball game. We're going to head over. She's like, okay, no problem, Ash. We'll see you soon. And we would walk in our house to fresh chocolate chip cookies coming out of the oven, and she would have all the pop, all the soda or whatever, stocked in the backyard by the pool. And she was, like, ready for my friends and I. And I loved it. I, I don't think I truly appreciated what went into hospitality because I just thought, You just show up and everything's ready, right? Towels are out at the pool, drinks are ready, cookies are in the oven. Like, this is just life. 
until Elijah and I got married nine years ago. And I had my own house. And I decided, man, I really want to be hospitable. I want to have people over all the time. And as people, like, began to come over, I realized hospitality is work. Anyone else have a house and you realize hospitality is work? I mean, you got to clean the house. You got to get the food ready. It is anything but, anything but comfortable is hospitality. But as I began to study for this, hospitality is not about us. It's about others. And hospitality isn't just a great culture. Hospitality isn't just a fun way of life. It's not just, well, I'm hospitable or I'm not. Hospitality is a biblical command. And um, I want to take you with me to Titus 1.8. And in Titus, he's talking all about um, bringing elders and choosing elders, these leaders in the church. And he's saying, you know, here's, um, I almost took the table down. This is about to be fun. All right. Um, It says in Titus 1.8, he's giving all of these um, expectations of what a leader should be. A leader should do this. A leader should not do this. And in Titus 1.8, it says, rather, he must be hospitable. So it's saying everything he shouldn't be, right? Don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. And then it says, rather, he must be hospitable. One who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. Now, the reason that they really um, push this with church leadership is because back in the day when disciples were traveling, right, they're like basically living off of people being hospitable. They're going town to town evangelizing, waiting for people to open up their houses, waiting for people to prepare a room for them to stay in, waiting for people to prepare food for them. And so he's saying, make sure you choose leaders that are hospitable, that are going to take care of those that come through their track. And I, I, I was thinking about it. You know, for us, we live in a very selfish culture. I think that we live in, and that's not bad because I love the culture that we live in, but we live in a culture that is a lot about us. It's what's in it for me. We live in a culture that with social media, right? I love social media, all about social media here at Change. But with social media, you can touch anyone across the world in one minute. You can tweet something and someone in Japan will see it. I mean, think about this. Anyone else go to social media for their news? I I absolutely, like, if it was on social media, it must be true. I have to, like, figure out which people I listen to, you know, unfollow. Because I used to think everything was true. And Lige is like, Ash, it's really not. You should probably follow, like, 6ABC or something real. So I'm like, okay, okay. But, But you look to social media. We can touch anywhere in the world in the matter of seconds. And I believe with all my heart that in a world where we can touch anything across the world, there is a very real human desire for genuine connection. There's a desire inside of each of us that says, yeah, I can touch anyone, I can do anything, but what about the one? Who am I doing life with? Who am I celebrating with? I don't know if you have those kinds of friends, but I have friends that I can call on my worst day. I mean, we are talking like hot mess of a day, sweats and hoodie kind of thing, and be like, you don't even know. And my friends will be like, don't worry, we're coming over, we're gonna have coffee, it's gonna be epic. Like, it is the greatest. And then, by the same token, when we're celebrating, and I'm like, you will never believe what happened this weekend, it was so epic. And my friends are like, ah, we have to celebrate. Like, 
in our family, just to let you into the Hollis family a little bit, we celebrate everything. You can ask Jacqueline. She now lives with us. Um, we love to celebrate. Like, I grew up in a family where if you lost a tooth, we had a party. Like, it was a reason to celebrate. I mean, you go to dinner for everything. Every week, we go out to dinner just to celebrate all the wins from that week because it really keeps you focused on the future. And so I believe that a part of the culture of hospitality is doing life together. It's all about being there for others and being hospitable. And so we know it's a biblical command, but as I began to study it out more, you know, hospitality is wholeheartedly selfless at the root of hospitality is selflessness, which means then that the opposite, the enemy of hospitality would be selfishness. And that's where in hospitality, we have to put aside everything of ourselves, put aside our comfort zones, put aside everything that may appear right, everything that may save face, everything that may be easy and decide, you know what? Hospitality is a culture that I am going to choose to carry. I believe wholeheartedly hospitality is something that we carry everywhere we go. Hospitality is, and, and we have to change our mindset from this, it's beyond just a dinner with your friends. I'm all about that. Like, I love to prepare the table. I love to have dinner going when people come over, like make dessert. I love that. But hospitality is more than that. Hospitality is taking that into our everyday lives. It's every space we occupy, we carry that culture with us. We carry that to every person that we interact with. And so I want to read, um, if you have your Bibles, you can go with me to Luke. We are going to go to the story of the Good Samaritan. I love this story. It is one of my absolute favorites in the Bible. And um, this guy's asking Jesus questions. You know how um, all the religious leaders always tried to trap Jesus and ask questions and everything. And in, I'm going to go to Luke 10:30, and it says, "In reply, Jesus said." So, so the the guy asks him, "So who is my neighbor?" That's the question that he asks. So, who is my neighbor? Like, who do I have to be nice to? Who are you really referring to? And in Luke 10:30, Jesus says, "In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho." When he fell into the hands of robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So, too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, uh, passed by the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you any extra expense that you may have. And then Jesus says, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? Hospitality, anything but convenient. Hospitality happens when we're doing our normal lives, right? It happens when we're here at change. It happens when we're going to a coffee shop. It happens when I'm walking down the street with my kids with 12 bags in my hands and, and juggling everything, and somebody stops to talk to me. Those are the times we decide what culture 
we will carry. And at Change, we have decided the culture of hospitality is at the core of who we are. We believe wholeheartedly that generosity paves the way for lasting change in this city. And Elijah says that all the time. And generosity, it doesn't stop with our finances. Yes, that, you know, takes care of things. But that's not, generosity is time, talent, and treasure. Hospitality is saying, you know what? Everything that's inconvenient, everything that may not be what I think it's going to be, I'm going to make the choice to reach out, and I'm going to make the choice to bring others in. Have you, um, just think back, close your eyes for just a minute, okay, because I, I love this. I need you to go back to a time when you walked into a house that was like, it was great. I mean, you walked in, and the place was prepared for you, and you were like loving it. People were there to greet you. It smelled good. Like they had good Yankee candles going in the house. Maybe food was being cooked. And you were like, yes. Okay, now I need you to freeze and I need you to go to another time. Maybe a time you walked into a house. Maybe it was a, um, a venue. Maybe it was somewhere you were going to store and you got a little bit, um, concerned. Have you ever had that kind of moment? You can open your eyes where where you walk in and you're like, wow, I'm not sure if you were ready for me to be here or not. Anybody ever had that moment? You walk in, like I have kids and we've gone places and when my kids were really little especially, when they were just starting to crawl around and kind of toddle and stuff, and we would go places and I would think in my head, oh my word, I'm not really sure if I should put my children on the ground here. Have you ever thought that? Or have you ever walked into somewhere where it may, like you may have thought, oh my goodness, I'm not sure if anyone else has lived here for the past like 100 years. Like have you ever thought that? When Elijah and I moved into our house, um, it had been vacant for a while, like five or six months. It wasn't bad, but it just had that stale feeling. Like it wasn't dirty, but it wasn't like a home. It wasn't a place that first day. I wasn't like ready to bring people over. I mean, in full transparency, we painted right away just so that we could smell fresh paint. We're like, get the paint going, like bring people over because it wasn't prepared. And you know, I am big on that. I am big on hospitality. I know that a part of that is from where I am from, but I believe that in the culture of putting others above ourselves, when we choose selflessness over selfishness, I believe that we prepare the way for a life-changing experience to happen. This is about breaking down barriers. This is about putting others ahead of ourselves. This is about saying, I want you to encounter what I've encountered. I already love my home, right? I, I love it. I can throw on some sweats and sit on the sofa for the next 10 hours, and I still love my home. I want you to love it. I want you to have a welcoming experience like I've had. And that's what we choose to do in the culture of hospitality. We choose here at Change. We choose to bring people in and say, hey, I want you to walk in and encounter the same life-changing experience that I have had. And if you're on the Change team, you know that is a priority to us, to say, hey, we want you to see the same life change that we've had. That's what a witness is. It's simply saying, right, we've all heard that. It's simply saying what you've seen, giving an account of what's already 
already happened. That's what we're doing is we're breaking down those barriers and we're saying, hey, we are going to prepare the way for what is to come in hospitality. Is that exciting? Anybody else love that? See, I, I love that. But what makes me even more excited is taking hospitality out. Because, you know, we are all about church is not four walls. To us, change is not here. Right here on a Sunday morning, we celebrate what God's been doing for the last six days in our lives. We celebrate what God's done all week. Just, la just yesterday, we were able to go serve with ReStory, this incredible organization. Look them up if you have not yet. But they serve the youth of our city. And so we went to North Philly, and they bring these students in, and we were able to play games with them, we were able to mentor them. We were able to just provide a life-giving experience for these students. Maybe kids who have that at home, maybe kids who don't. But that's the most important thing, and that's what I love in this story of the Good Samaritan, is the Samaritan doesn't leave that culture at home. He doesn't leave it where he was. He doesn't say, oh my word, yeah, if you come over one night, we'll totally have a great dinner. It's going to be great. Like, he couldn't get to dinner. And I feel like this is exactly what Elijah talked about, going from inviting to bringing. It's that passion gap. It's that passion gap of saying, you know what? I know like this is where I can just tell you about what's happened, but we get over here after we've had this passion and we begin to bring and we begin to create the experience. We take it further than a level. Yeah, we bring, but then we create that experience for what people are going to encounter whenever they get here. The Samaritan did everything that was uncomfortable. He stopped in his tracks. It cost him something. How many of you know sometimes when you're going to carry that culture, it costs you something. It may cost you um, financially. You may go and you may be walking down the street and say, you know what? That individually, that individual needs a, a meal. That individual needs clothes. You may provide financially. It may cost you time. You may say, you know what? I'm going to be late to a meeting. I'm going to be late to do whatever. It may be inconvenient, but it's deciding as Christians, you know what? We're going to set the pace for hospitality. We are going to bring that here, and then we're going to take it right on out of those doors all week long. We're going to walk out, and we are going to provide, and we are going to be encouragers, and we are going to be life givers. And how do you do that? How do you carry that culture? You know, I, I was thinking about it, and I was praying about it these past couple of weeks and thinking, it sounds great. It sounds good, and I feel like in the um, realm of dinner or coming over to my house, it's very easy to do. But I was praying, and I was like, but God, how do I carry that culture out? How do I carry that culture? You know, Elijah and I are big on protecting culture. Culture is not something that happens. Culture is created. You decide what is my culture going to be. And so how do I carry that culture, God, out into the streets? And these are the two ways I believe we do it. I believe we do it with our words, and I believe we do it with our actions. And it sounds so simple, and it's like, well, yeah, Ashley, of course. Like, how else are you going to do it? But think about it. How many times do we separate those two things? How many times do we say what we want to do with our words, 
but our actions don't line up? Or how many times do we do it with our actions because we have to, but our words don't line up? The Bible says the power of life and death are in the tongue. We have the option to speak life or we have the option to speak death. And so as we create this culture of hospitality, as we walk into our city this week and we carry that culture of hospitality with us, I would challenge you, what are you speaking with your words? It, it, it starts in your house and then it goes out all week long into your work meetings, into your coffee dates. It goes into school. It goes out with you. And so, yes, you make sure you are living one way behind closed doors, but you make sure that that carries out with you everywhere you go. And then with your actions, you know, we've all heard the quote, and this is one of my favorite quotes. It says, people may not remember what you say, but they'll always remember how you make them feel. I love that because... I don't know about you, but I've gone to some places, and it may be, you can take anywhere. Take a restaurant, for example, okay? There's some restaurants that I walk into that are super, super, like, ritzy, like, super expensive, and they still may not have a great culture. And then there's other restaurants I may go to, like Chick-fil-A. Anyone love Chick-fil-A? I... I just can't say enough good things about Chick-fil-A. I love that they respect Sunday, but every Sunday I crave Chick-fil-A. I am like, oh my word, I could go for a frosted coffee right now, some waffle fries. Anybody else with me? I'm telling you, I, I love that they respect it, but I miss it so much. But you go into a Chick-fil-A, and they, from the top to the bottom, carry the culture of hospitality, right? They are ready for you. They're like, how may I help you? How may I help you? Like, yes, of course. Yes, ma'am. Like, so polite. I mean, you're sitting at a fast food restaurant, and they're coming around to serve you, like, refills on your drinks. And, oh, did you guys need more sauces? Well, let me carry your food to your table for you. I'm like, this is crazy. Like, this is so amazing. But there's a difference. There's a difference in some stores you walk into. I've been to stores. You ever been there where um, employees are almost like working off commission? So they're like, what's your name? Oh, I'm Ashley. Oh, great. Ashley, can I get you this? Ashley, can I help you with that? And you feel on top of the world. And then there's other times you go in and they're just like, well, let me know if you need anything. I'm like, oh, my word, I'm so sorry to inconvenience you doing your job. Like, have you ever thought that? You're like, I am so sorry. I walked up the other day to a register to buy something, and she was like, what do you need? I was like, um, I was just thinking I would buy these clothes for my kids, but I don't have to if that's an inconvenience. Like, I am so sorry about that. But you walk into places, and we've all been there. We've all experienced that culture. People can say things, and sometimes people don't have to say things. And that's where this culture goes out. Yes, our words have to carry that life, but even more than that, our actions have to carry hospitality. Our actions have to say, yes, I want to be there to help you right now. I want to help you accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. Maybe it's a need that somebody has that we're going to meet. And that's where we are going to stand as change, is we are going to meet needs. We are going to be the culture that goes out into these streets, and we are going to redefine the culture that may smack us in the face when we walk out. I remember when I first moved here, and um, it, was, uh, it was nine years ago when we got married, and 
the East Coast from the Midwest was just a culture shock all in itself. Like, it was just a different culture to walk into. And I, at first, I, I didn't know what to do. I, I was, like, used to when you just walk out in the street, people just stop. But, like, they don't do that here. And so I was used to all these different things. Everyone used to just carry our groceries to our car for us. And it was all these different things. And then I spent time in this city. And I'm telling you, I fell in love with this city. I fell in love with so many aspects of this city, so many different cultures that are out there, the culture of history, the culture of pride, the culture of appreciation that are in Philadelphia. And I believe that we have the opportunity to carry the culture of life, to carry the culture of love, to carry the culture of encouragement, to a city where people may not say it is. You know, I, I don't know if you've heard this before, but um, Philadelphia, you know, right, it's the city of brotherly love. We all know that. But um, when Elijah and I were launching the church and we were talking to some of our coaches that were um, other cities across the West Coast and down South and stuff, and they were like, oh, you're going to Philadelphia. We're like, yeah, we're so excited. They're like, oh, the city of brotherly shove. We're like, oh my goodness, no, you did not just say that about our city. And we were so taken aback and we were like, man, it, it literally did a number on me because now I take such pride in this city. And I really began to think, you know what, what if we carried that culture of life and hospitality and love to the streets because I believe that, you know, when people may not be showing love, my parents always raise me that there is a story behind every face. And so every person that may, you know, not want to talk with you or a person that may seem offish, there's a story behind that person. There is a reason that somebody does not want to go to a church. There's a reason that somebody puts their head down and doesn't want to talk to you. There's a reason. It may be pride. It may be hurt. It may be, um, you know, maybe people didn't have life spoken over them all of their life. And they're dealing with that inside. And that's where we as Christians, the Bible calls us to be hospitable as leaders to go out and to say, you know what? I don't care where you've been. I just care where you're going. I just want to love you where you are. And I think that is the root of hospitality at its finest, is coming to say, I am going to selflessly give everything in a selfish world so that I can see you get where you need to go, so that I can help you encounter the same life-changing encounter that I've had. And if the, I think the worship team is going to come back up, and we're going to sing, but if you would just bow your heads and close your eyes, I want to take a few minutes and I want you to really think on what kind of culture you're carrying. What kind of culture are you creating in your house? I've talked with so many people and they're like, well, my house just isn't like that. My house just doesn't do that. My family this, my family that. I believe 100%, I said it already, culture doesn't just happen. Culture is created. We have the opportunity to create a culture of hospitality, be it in our dorm room, be it in our apartment. Maybe it's when we're walking down the street, but we have the opportunity to do that. And I want you to, to think as the band is playing, what kind of culture are you going to create? 
What changes do you need to make? Maybe there's things in your life that you need to put aside. I know I've gone through times that are so busy, and, and I'll catch myself being so caught up in the busyness of, of life that the, the love may not be there. Maybe I don't have time to stop. You know, in the story of the Good Samaritan, the guy who had been hurt and robbed, he didn't have to say anything. He didn't have to call for anything. The Samaritan was walking, and as he saw him, he stopped and took care of him. The Samaritan's heart was already prepared. He was already ready to take care of somebody as he walked out into that day. And so I want to challenge you, what do you need to set up? What do you need to get in place in your life? Maybe there's some things that you need to say, you know what? I'm going to choose this week to speak life. I'm going to choose this week to make people a priority in my life. Maybe you, maybe you have people that you have brushed aside. Maybe you've walked past people that you're like, no, not anymore. The past isn't what matters. What matters is where we're going into the future and the culture that we're going to carry out into this city, into these streets, into our workplace, every space that we occupy. We are going to occupy as life givers. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.